feels perfect Other days it just ain't working The good, the bad, the right, the wrong And everything in between Yo, it's crazy, amazing We can turn our heart through the words we say Mountains crumble with every syllable Hope can live or die So speak life
It's been nice here. The weather got up to 80 degrees today. I think it was our first 80-degree day of the year. How about you guys? Same here. It was absolutely, and still is, it was just a perfect day today. The weather was absolutely just soothing, breathtaking in a different way. So I'm excited about um, summertime coming. I am not one. Winter, I'm not a winter person. I like I prefer hot any day, so I I enjoy it today. So it uh, it was great for me, and the sun that that vitamin D. I I walked out. Actually, I was got out a little bit, but I actually walked outside a few times um, just to kind of let let the sunlight hit my skin because it is something different. So and it, and that too in itself um, changes the game. I was uh, telling my aunt earlier that. I um I've had the I have the blessing to have two people volunteer to be my I would say one's more like a personal life coach and the other one's kind of like a personal spiritual coach and I've never really mm-hmm. had that ever and um, they're both strangers I met them um, right now I didn't get to tell you about something I went to and I won't get too much into it here but. Um, it was interesting because I was I was a minority and two two times I was the only female and the only black and um, oh wow it was it was it was by far the most interesting but also enlightening um, life changing experience that I've had in a very long time so um, okay I have to share that with you. In a few weeks now since I've attended this, uh, it's like a workshop for, I don't know if I call it a workshop, but it was business owners, um, and some of them work as well, but it was kind of like an empowering, and they do this on a monthly basis, and it was so nicely done, and they they meet to discuss personal and professional concerns, issues, uh, where are you going, what do you need, how can we help. Each person periodically does a, a brief um, seminar um, to promote their business and their challenges in their business. It was just very, very keen. It was, it was, it was wonderful. So, but out of that came two um, people. Those are where my people came from, and it's been interesting. And I said that because of the weather. Um, one of them, which I call, I call him. Uh, what's the guy's name? Now I can't even think of his name. Um, Tony Robbins. I call him my little Tony Robbins because he's a little fireball, and uh, he message today to get out and walk, do something, put do some exercise. <laughs> so, so because oh. <laughs> uh, the weather was so nice here, but um, that's. That too, Rodney, you said something as you started. Nobody can take care of you like you can. And I thought that nobody, maybe I should say few people will take care of you um, if you don't take care of you. And if they do, Mm -hmm. those people who will, I feel that it's mostly, it's going to be mostly, um, their guide is going to be the way that you take care of yourself. So I feel like the more, the less you do for you, I think the less people will do for you in the sense of helping you grow 
Um, and I think that's just, you get it extra because few people are in that mindset where they want to help you beyond where they are, whether that be spiritually, mm-hmm. financial, emotionally. I just think there's there's naturally a stopping point anyway. And so when people come across mm-hmm. someone who is um, meek, mild-mannered and always trying to please and pleasing to a degree where they don't um, – they don't empty their own souls, so to speak. They don't say what needs to be said, and if they do, they say it to the wrong person. They don't do what needs to be done at the time it needs to be done. If they do, it's done at the wrong time and sometimes with the wrong people. So I think that leaves us um, just kind of full. It's consistently full of what, I don't know, but it's not something that is, is, is helping us. So this week, um, or last week and this week, the the relationships that I'm seeing and the things that are occurring in the relationships just has become fascinating to me. Um, I saw a post on Facebook that really bothered me, and it was a post from a family member um, about our family, well, our family reunion, which I'm not going to go to this year, and I thought how just interesting it was because it it makes it, it made people think differently about it, it was just it was out of order. And mm-hmm. I began to think about how out of order it's been for a while, but because no one is saying anything or doing anything and just letting people rant and rave about whatever. And most people knowing the true situation will not say anything. So I had to I had to control myself from saying, and I still haven't, but I'm going to, but I wanted to make sure I got to a point where I'm not personal about it. I'm not, I don't have my personal feelings about it um, because it, 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 it had to do with my dad. So I wanted to make sure that I'm not caught up in my emotions and stick to the point about unity. So if unity mm-hmm. is unity and love and family, if it's the end goal, then this is a this is simple because you no. Know, and and what it was was two, two people were planning a reunion, and this this person who posted it kind of made it seem like she didn't know about it? How do you not know mm-hmm. if every year for the last umpteen years this same person has been doing this? And how do you know when I simply said to you, check with my dad, so how do you not know? And so I was livid and, and ready to just go off, and, and Jimmy said, Tammy, just, just kind of wait it out and, uh, and and do it another time. And I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for that because I probably would have said the wrong thing. But that goes to back to relationships, especially, and we're not talking about husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend tonight, you guys. We're talking about just relationships, how we connect with one one another. Um, and, and I'd like to throw in, because of family, if we can't connect or if we are finding it difficult to connect consistently with the people who were put in our lives, like family members and things like that, um, 
And I think, Rodney, that's because we've also failed to connect with ourselves and that we have all these unexpressed expectations that come from places like our own bondage, our own pain, our own void. And so instead of dealing with those issues so that we can have those healthy relationships, we don't, but we also falsify the truth in, in relationships. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, why we see divorce. Uh, people have just, in my opinion, have become like this. They have this selfishness about them thinking, I don't need anybody and I can do this on my own. And that's, to me, that's easy. It's easy to walk away. And it shows less strength to walk away than to stay and have that meaningful relationship that I think we all deep down desire to have someone that we know got me, you got me. If I, if, and I know that's not the right way to say that, but say this person knows me, the good and the bad, gets me, they're not going to judge me. They're going to tell me the truth. They're going to they're gonna not allow me to stray because I think that's that's important as well. But this is a relationship. We are in this together um, no matter what. I, and I'll turn it over to you right now. I saw a post some, from somebody saying a true friend should be able to tell you when you're wrong and the friendship moves on. But how often when someone speaks the truth, and you can know it's the truth, but how often do, do relationships Friendships, especially women. I mean, and men too. Now, I think I think it's, it's this thing is getting so far fetched because men didn't, in my opinion, didn't used to get caught up in, in their conversations were different. It just they didn't get caught up in the small stuff. It had to be really huge for them to get out of sync with each other, in my opinion. But it's just this sense of um, disconnect that is tumbling around everywhere where. Very few people really, really have a meaningful. And so we'll talk about what it, what does a meaningful relationship look like? How do you get it? And, and do you really desire it? And I think a lot of times, I think most of us do, and because we don't have it, there's this great sense of, of void, but at the same time a need for something that society tells us we don't need. Because I, I, I feel Genesis um, speaks of that as well, and, and more Bible verses when when uh, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Um, so I, I really feel like there is a sense of longing for from people to have a meaningful relationship, someone that they know without a doubt that they can depend on. So Rodney, back over to you. Tammy, I, I think there's a lot. Um... And what you were just saying, and, and uh, um, I'm going to read the description if you don't mind, because I think you touched on it towards the end of what you were, you were talking about. Um, and it says, often we think that needing someone or having to depend on someone is a sign of weakness, or that something is missing with us. Society teaches that independence. Society teaches that independence equals strength, when just the opposite is true. And I think that. Um, while you were talking, what was coming to my mind was um, how much life has changed. And, and and I'm 36, but even in 36 years of living, 
and I would say I probably can recall the last, I don't know, 31 years, um, you know, relatively easily. So much has changed, and um, where people used to have to work for things, um, you know, and not just physical um, or manual labor, but, I mean, you know, when you wanted things, you had to put work in. Even if you wanted a relationship with anybody, um, you know, you had to put work in. And there were there were a lot of different variables, you know, that, that, that went into you, you know, building and sustaining a relationship with somebody. For example, you know, today talking long distance is free. You know, it's pretty much included in every um, landline um, service that you have and every cell phone plan that you have. You know, talking long distance is free. Um, however, it wasn't like that 20 years ago. You know, you you know, I re, I, I remember back when you know if you want to talk to somebody long distance, you know, it was like 10 cents a minute. You know, so you had to pay, and then you know you're trying to talk to your loved ones long distance, and you're like, you know, you're keeping track of the time because you got to make sure that you can afford the the, the phone call, you know, um, before the Internet and before, you know, emails and text messages and social media, before all of that came along, you know, you had to actually either call somebody, talk to them on the phone, or you had to meet with them face-to-face. You know, there was none of this, you know, playing the tough guy, you know, over the computer. You know, you had to actually, if you wanted to have a conversation with somebody, you had to actually go and have a conversation with them. And I think that the more um, we advance in society, the weaker we become. The um, the less interested we become in um, you know having quality relationships with people, you know because it's so easy um, to get things now. You know you can go online and you know order what you want and it'll be right here. You know um, not everybody does delivery. You know and it used to be a time if 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 a place didn't um, have it, have delivery drivers. You used to have to go and pick it up. Well, now, you know, there's DoorDash and these other and Uber Eats and all these other things where, you know, you press a few buttons and they're right at your door, you know, with your food. So now, you know, you don't even have to go out and meet new people because so many things are are easily accessible to us that we've pretty much gotten lazy and we don't we don't value things the way that we used to because everything is so easy now and then um you know with the internet with social media with the mainstream media you know with uh with TV nowadays 
we're getting a false impression of what life is all about. We see different things on, 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 you know, these different programs, but we don't see the story behind it. You know, uh, I'm, you know, I think back to uh, most recently this this whole you know college scandal. You know, we see these people on TV living these glamorous lives. You know, it seems like they have everything um, at the tip of their fingers. It seems like they have everything that anybody could ever ask for. They live in a nice house. They drive luxury cars. Their kids, you know, are doing well, and um, you know they have all of this money. But then you find out that, you know, they cheated their way through. Or they, 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 they spent money for their kids to cheat their way through. But we see these people living these lives on television, and we think that it's real. And so we chase after what they have because we're convinced that if we look a certain way or if we have a certain job, or if we if we live our lives a certain way, and sometimes we're following people who are in the church, but we follow people and we're chasing after this this um, this image, and then you know we're willing to to do just about anything to get it, and so we believe that hey. I don't need a man. My kids don't need a father. They don't need a mother. You know, I, I don't I don't need a relationship with, with my family. I don't I, I don't I don't have any friends. I'm you know, I'm I'm independent. And then we see all of these you know, there's all of this mental health stuff now because people just aren't happy anymore because all of these things don't make them happy. People are committing suicide. You got young children committing suicide. You got teenagers. You got uh, adults in their 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, committing suicide. But, But everybody claims that they're so happy. And it is not the case because truth, because truth be told, we all need somebody. We all need somebody to talk to. Sometimes you might need uh, to borrow a few dollars. Some, sometimes, you know, you might need a ride. And sometimes... Um, I was reading a post on Facebook yesterday, uh, Tammy, and I'm going to turn it back over to you. And one of my relatives, um, or she's like a relative anyway, she went through this traumatic experience as an adult. And yesterday was the first time she made this experience public where she, uh, uh, you know, she she was basically looking at death because She's in her in her house, her apartment, and this man has a gun to her face. And she had nightmares. Like, God brought her through that, but then she had nightmares. 
Well, one of her friends stayed at her house, slept on her couch, just so that she could get some sleep. So she didn't need his money. She didn't like. She didn't need to call him her boyfriend. She didn't need to have sex with him. Nothing. All she needed was for him to sleep on a couch so that she could try to get some sleep at night. So we never know what we need people for. And more importantly, we never know what other people might need us for. But again, we all need somebody, and we all need to be needed by somebody. Tammy, back over to you. Rodney, that's interesting. Um, Going back to you said, and I think it was $3, $5 or something, even when we need, like the world has um, set us up to, as we said in the description, to, to think that we can do this alone and that we were, I think in some way, maybe created to do this alone. But I feel God gave us the ability to love and the natural instinct to need each other. Um, even in, in, in marriage where it talks about marriage being one of the one of the closest things that, that unity of what it should be um in marriage is the closest thing to having a relationship with God, that, that, that unity, that becoming one. But the, like we said earlier, society teaches us or we allow it to teach us through um, the way that it has designed itself to help us be disconnected. And Rodney, you hit on this about the telephone. You know, there used to be conversations that you used to have one-on-one. Now people are able to order a shake. I, I remember seeing this recent thing about the, the guy delivering a milkshake and he drank out of it at the door. You know, a shake. Um, and and it could have been a, a case where maybe they couldn't get out, but I, I can't even imagine ordering a shake and paying for delivery charges for a shake. Like we're so we want things so instantly, even relationships. We want those relationships to be instant, um, to have instant gratification in them for the relationship to meet all of our needs, all of our needs. You know, it's okay. It's, it's, it's not okay if you just if you're meeting 90% of my needs on this day and something goes wrong and maybe you only meet 70% of my needs on this day because you are dealing with something. We tend to be so disconnected. Not only will we not make sure that we have what we need emotionally, and sometimes it's just, it's just a simple can I, may I, but we would prefer to stay in that rut and to ask for help. But I think also that goes with because society has taught us how to disconnect. And why? Because it feeds society. The more disconnected you feel, Rodney, you spoke, people are stressed out. People are taking pills to wake up, taking them to go, to to exist in the day and to go back to sleep at night. People are not engaging. If you look at people, they just look so lost and disconnected. And I do believe that that's because, again, God gave us the ability to love and mm-hmm. and the need to be loved. 
and to need others and to love others. That's why it's Adam and Eve. That's why God said it's not good for a man to be alone. Although he didn't, he didn't give, give Adam Eve right away. And, and, and take she wasn't made from dust, right from his rib. Mm-hmm. I feel like that so that Adam would know or feel I'm, I'm, I'm missing something. And I, I was reading something about that, and I, I was thinking about how, how birth happens. You know, like, it's, it's just, if you just think about relationships and ask yourself, is there one? Is there one person that you feel you can sit down and talk with and share it all with, not be judged, um, not feel that you are less than, but instead it helps you. You feel relieved just for the sake, number one, you have that person. And you can go to bed and you can get up tomorrow and nothing about you has changed to that person or you don't have to feel that something is going to change. You don't have to feel like this person is going to run and tell the story in his or her own way. And so ask yourself, is there one person that you have that with? Who is it? And are you nurturing that relationship? Because pride will get in the way. Facebook will get in the way. Twitter will get in the way. I notice people coming up to, to check out at Walgreens, and they can't, they can't put their phone down. They just cannot put it down. To, they, they, they will hold that phone in their hand and trying to get money out. And, and the, they don't necessarily have to be talking to anyone, but they're trying to hold it and get money out. And I'm just, I'm just amazed. So we have relationships with things, with stuff, because we've learned to equate um, what we have is who we are. And so in that, we're losing the very thing that God created us for, to help one another, to be there, because he did not promise that, that this life would be grand every day, that we'd have this smooth sailing um, you know, in, in fact, it says just the opposite, counted all joy, the trials and the tribulations. So if we're going to have them, when those things come, that phone does not bring, um, in my opinion. Now, maybe for some it does because I see a whole lot of, 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 of posting, postings when things are going bad. But at the end of the day, when, 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 time, when time settles and you settle, your issue is still there, your problem is still there, and there's no one physically there to share this with. But, Rodney, I think there's a false um, sense of, or from people when they post, uh, because some things I see, I just, and I was sharing that with my aunt the other day about, there's some things I see and that I saw this week in my own family that I never would have thought it would have come to this, to where, where things that are so personal are posted on, on social media. And most things mm-hmm. that are posted have, have not been resolved. You know, I hear people that found out that their 
children were deceased before they did because someone posted it on Facebook. You think about the, the, like, how do you not think about that before you post it? But that's what is this 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 world is teaching us to disconnect, to not be able to think with clearness, to not be able to consider the next thing or the next person's feelings. And mm-hmm. so, in order to do that or to be that way with someone else, it comes back to us. Because if I can do that to you, then I must have something inside of me. I'm missing something inside of me, I'll say that. Because, again, God gave us the ability to love and to need others. And so if we have that ability, then we also have the ability to, and the desire to receive that, that love, and to receive others needing us. But we've gotten to a place where we just don't care about anything and in anybody. And it's certainly true in our younger generation. But I say the younger generation cannot would not be if if they weren't being taught or allowed in seeing this very same thing. I'll I'll, I'll share this and I'm gonna turn it back over to you, Rodney. There was a, a post, I believe it was on Facebook maybe um, of this mother explaining her, she and her husband had split and they had a, a, a young child, young boy. And he, the father was coming over to pick the son up. And her friend was there, girlfriend was there, who she sees as her sister friend, kind of. And the young boy calls her like auntie, but they're friends. So dad comes over and dad is talking to the sister friend, the you know, the the little boy's there and he hears the conversation that dad is having with her. So he says to the dad, You must really like aunt so and so, whatever her name, you must really like her and dad says, You know, yeah, of course I do basically, you know, why do you say that? He's and the little boy says, Because you talk to her really nice, you don't talk to mommy like that. And just that alone. And that's what we don't understand, that our kids are watching. So our kids are watching how you treat your sister or your brother and your your friends, what you say, how you say it. And so, yes, they're doing what we do. We sit down and you see couples out eating and they never talk to each other, but they're on their phones. The disconnect. Mm -hmm. That's not a meaningful relationship. Mm-hmm. That's not love, and that's not needing each other. Back over to you, Rodney. Tammy, I, 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 I'm going to pick up where you where you left off, and, and it goes back to to what I was saying before. Um, we we are very distracted, very distracted, and um, it, it it's to the point where it's almost dangerous. Uh, you know, how distracted we are, not just when it comes to, um, you know, we, we, we miss out on, we miss out on quality time with our, um, with our family members, uh, with our spouses, with our children, 
because we're so distracted. And I know um, in, in, in uh, previous conversations on, on, on other shows, you've talked about how, you know, we, we are so consumed by our phones that, you know, either we're driving with them, looking up things, trying not to get in an accident, or every single time we stop at a red light, you know, people have to blow their horns because we're on our phones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so so it, it, it's dangerous. And then not only that, you know, we're we're raising our kids with technology. And yes, technology has its place. Your kids should know how to work. Should know how to operate a computer. Your kid should know how to operate a phone. Your kid should know how to operate a tablet. But it should not be the go-to. It should not be, well, I want to watch my show, so here, take this. You know, if your kid is using technology, there's nothing wrong with them doing some independent, you know, work on the, on the tablet. It shouldn't be all games. You know, there should be some reading involved. Uh, there should be some educational things involved. Um, you know, but what's wrong with doing activities on the tablet with them? What's wrong with doing activities on the computer with them? Teaching them how to use it. And then not only that, teaching them before they, you know, before they start using the Internet or when they start, Teaching them internet safety so that they're not, you know, you know, uh, subjected to pedophilia, so that you know, so, some grown man, thirty, forty year old man in another state, isn't um, a, isn't able to easily prey on your your fourteen year old daughter. You know, I, I I think about, you know, the whole R. Kelly situation, Tammy, and what has gotten lost in all of this, where were the parents? Where were the parents? And I still haven't heard much about the parents. But with this but with this technology now, you know, it's raising our kids. Mom and dad want to spend time alone. Oh, here, take my phone. You know, I want to. I want to. You know, I, I want to uh, have a conversation on the phone. Kids are asking us questions, but just so that we can do what we want to do, and they can get out of our spaces. Oh yeah, go ahead and take that. It's dangerous you know and 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 think about the impact that it's having on your children in the long run if your children are not getting attention at home they are going to seek it when they walk out the door they're going to go to school and they're going to try to be the class clown why because they just want some attention they're going to go and you know 
start having sex at a very early age. Why? Because they just want some attention. They're going to wear certain clothes. Your daughters are going to leave home when they're teenagers and and go to school and put on all this makeup. Why? Because they want some attention. You know, we have to we have to think about these things. Again, somebody needs you. If you're a parent, your your child or your children need you. They need you. Because if you think that when they get to kindergarten, they're meeting their first teacher, you're wrong. You are the first teacher. And we have to be mindful of, like Tammy said, what our kids are seeing because they are seeing a lot. And that was a great example, Tammy, great example. Because people notice things. And just because it's not your reality doesn't mean that it's not real. Tammy, I want to I, I want to uh, bring up something else um, that has been real popular here lately. Um, Tammy, have you kept up? Have you? I know I know a lot of times you'll you, um, especially when the weather's nice. You you know you you'll get lost. In, what, what is it? Shelby Farms. Shelby Farms. <laughs> and you and, and you want. And you and you won't know what's going on in the world. Um, have you seen um, this this, this uh, Nipsey Hustle um, news? You know, with him, you know, uh, dying and everything. No. Okay. So he um, he was a rapper. Um, he was a businessman um, out in um, his neighborhood in, in L.A. And um, a couple Sundays ago, um, a, a guy shot and killed him in front of his store. Um, and I can't tell you the um, the the support that this guy has received since he died. I mean, it has been overwhelming and you know I I I had heard of Nip, Nipsey Russell um you know and, and I thought I had heard of of this guy Nipsey Hussle but I didn't really know anything about him um but I thought I had heard the name before but anyway um I can't tell you the number of Facebook posts that I saw before this man passed away and versus the ones that I've seen since he's died. And something that comes to mind is, you know, he he is being praised for, you know, growing up in, you know, you know, in a in a very bad area um in California and, you know, turning his life around and, you know, uh uh, being a businessman and you know doing a lot of great things in the community and you know he was um working on a documentary um you know about the about the guy who uh, Dr. CB who uh who said that he had a cure for AIDS and then you know he ended up he mysteriously ended up dead um he was working on a documentary for that but he was you know he was such an uh such an activist 
And what what constantly comes to my mind is this man should have been receiving this support while he was living. I think he was only like 33 or something. But this man should have been receiving this support while he was living. And what impact could have, could that have made across the United States and maybe, you know, other parts of the world if we were promoting this this guy and, and celebrating him and getting on the bandwagon like we do, you know, drama and all of that stuff. If we were supporting this guy, if more people knew about this guy and we said, oh, man, like that's a great thing. I mean, the the way people talk about him now is, you know, they talk about him like they, like, like you know, like they did, you know, with Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston, you know, and, and, and I just keep saying, man, if, if we would have supported this guy the way that we are now, I wonder what impact um, or how great of an impact would have been made. And another thing that I haven't heard much of is what are we going to do now? This man had this man was doing some great work. How are we going to extend that now? Who is the Nipsey hustle in your neighborhood? Who's the Nipsey hustle in your city, in your state, in your family that needs to go viral before it's too late, before something happens to them, before they're deceased? Who is that person? Because those are the people that we need to be uplifting. Those are the people that our kids need to be reading about and that we need to be educating them about. Those are the people that we need to be spending money on. And so, uh, Tammy, you know, uh, we have just gotten lost, and it seems like we're being um, pulled away from what's important as the days go by. And I think we have to find our way back. And I'm not saying that anybody has to go to church every Sunday or every Sunday and Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying that um but however you see fit to find a relationship with God because that's that's first and foremost. And then after that, then you can, um, you know, worry about the church that you're going to attend and all of that. But find your relationship with God, whatever that it, whatever that means for you because we've gotten away from principles. We've gotten away from godly principles, spiritual principles, however you want to word it. We've gotten away from it. And if you're listening to this broadcast and let's say you don't even, let's say, you know, you're conflicted or don't believe in the Bible, I I will tell you this. Just reading it and following it 
can have a decent life. I really believe that. Tammy? Rodney, um, great timing because I wanted to talk about um, death, the relationship that we suddenly have with people who are no longer with us. Um, And as I as I bring that up, um, we've not been on in a few weeks, and if you have listened to us just a little bit over over the past year or so, I'm pretty sure you've heard Mr. Bo Jackson talk on the show. Bo used to call in, and he would be very um, lengthy in his responses to us, and we would patiently wait and hear him out. But Bo is no longer with us on this side of the world. Bo passed away um, suddenly. Um, You've heard Bo, and Bo is married to my cousin Natasha. And so I have for, um, you know, I just just wanted to put that out, keep keep his his wife, his sons, his family in your prayers. Um, He will be missed. Bo was Bo. And and that was one thing about Bo, both. Both 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 gonna say what we want to say and do what he want to do. So, um, our condolences. Um, but for a very long time now, I have thought of death in a very strange way, um, to the point where I'm not um, I'm not keen on going to funerals, um, and that kind of happened by mistake. I one of my favorite aunts passed away during the time Brandon was graduating and therefore I could not go to her funeral. And so I noticed after that that it didn't feel like she was gone. Like she she had she it didn't feel like she passed away. It just felt like I haven't talked to her in a while. I haven't seen her. I haven't talked to her in a while. And I remember times where I would see a post on Facebook about, you know, maybe it was the anniversary of her death or her birthday. And I remember one time in particular feeling some kind of way because I saw it because in my mind, again, it it just never felt like she really left. And I just equated all of that to my not going to the funeral. But fast forward up. Um I remember having a conversation with Miss Earlene as well, and I can't remember how we how we ended up here, but I remember her telling me that even the way that we grieve for the loss of someone has some selfishness to it. And she was saying how we say, well, you know, I'm going to miss them. What am I going to do? There's a lot of eyes in there. It's about us. And so... Um, I think what has happened is there's this great sense of selfishness that has taken over the world. Um, And when we have, when when someone develops an attitude of selfishness, um, in most cases they're going to run out and do just what they want to do. And they oftentimes think that everything is about them or it should be. And so um, there's a quote that says, if you live your life as if everything is about you, you will be left with just that, just you. 
to the point where I'm getting back to the to the relationship that we certainly have with people who are deceased. Um, think about how often, and right now I believe we've said this on the show about um, someone can be in need of two, three, four hundred dollars. Let's just go one hundred dollars while they are alive, and you can have it. And they and you can know that they need it, but we won't give it. But that person can die, and we will spend two, three, four hundred dollars to get to their funeral. So we spend, and you think about why? Why are we doing that now? What is the what 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 is? And I think in most cases, yeah, it could be that you're trying to. Show, I don't know, something for this family, but there's more to what we do while someone is alive than it is while they're gone or when they're gone. And I think in most cases, it's about us. Even when we show up like that, it's about us. It's about us. I I, I personally chose not to go. I could have could have rearranged. I could have made it happen. But I chose not to go, and I didn't feel to Bo's funeral, and I didn't feel the least bit guilty, and I'll tell you why. Because I loved Bo unconditionally while he was here. Bo and I have had our little little thises and thats that nobody know of. Because he was married to my aunt, my cousin. And, and I, you know, I had to... Say a few things, but at the end of the day, you know what, Bo and I always bounce back. And the la- I-, I called Bo when he had lost one of his friends not not a few months ago. Someone dear had passed, and, and, and my cousin Tasha said he was really dealing with it. And I had not talked to him, talked talk to him in a while before that, but I called and I said, I just want you to know I'm, I'm really sorry, and I'm thinking about it, and I'll be praying for you. And he said, cousin, that means so much to me. And so I'm saying this to say we got to start loving people while they're here because that's what people need, unconditional love. And I know it's hard sometimes, especially when, you've not, when we've not quite learned how to love ourselves unconditionally. And to love yourself unconditionally is to know who you are, to understand who who you are, to accept what's good about you, and be willing to see the things that you need to change and to take the action to do so by any means necessary. So if you need those three dollars, like Rodney said, if you if you short a few dollars on that bill, there's so much freedom in asking for it. But there's so much more freedom in having someone to ask and knowing that you're going to be able to get it and we'll work it out as we go. And that's what's missing. But the most important thing is to know if it's missing, it's likely missing in you and it starts with you. If you want better relationships, then be a better friend, be a better sister. Be a better daughter. Be a better wife. Be a better girlfriend. Be a better employee. 
So it starts. It starts. It starts. So it started with me. It started. I saw. I saw my selfishness, and 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 it's and it's it's hard because you people see you as as and, and not that I'm not. I'm gonna get personal a little bit, but I had to recognize my my selfishness in the way that like this is how I want this. This is and you can't do this and da da da. That's, that it's not all about me, and I have to share this world with the people that I love and that I want in my life. And I think it's unnatural to, it's not natural to not want your family in your life, to not want them there. Now, there may be circumstances where they cannot be there. So I'm not saying that everybody's going to have that relationship, but there ought to be somebody in your life whether it's your friend, family, somebody that you let in. And there ought to be somebody that has let you in and put cement at the door, meaning there's no turning around. We're in this together, ride or die. And I really feel like there's a longing for that and that everybody has this, this clown face on, like, oh, we're okay, but, but look at the TV. Check out what's happening. As Romans says, people are creating, creating things that makes no sense to us. Like you, things are happening where you're like, what? They did what? And they don't care that there's cameras everywhere. People don't care. And that has to be from a deep-rooted void of feeling like nothing. And that's really not the word I want to say. Just feeling like S-H-I-T. Like like I don't matter. My life doesn't matter. I remember hearing um, um, a friend of mine had a family member who tried to commit suicide. And she said that her phone did not ring for days. And so she thought, why am I here? Why am I here? And there's somebody in my life, somebody probably in yours, that may feel that same way. And she purposefully said, I'm just going to wait and see who calls. Now, that being said, we have a responsibility if we want that call we need to make that call. If the call is not coming in, we need to make that call. So I'm going to turn it back over to you, Rodney, and before that, I just ask you guys again, who's in your life? But more importantly, whose life are you in that sees you as that person, that sees you as their pillow of rest, who will get up and it, it, this brings me back to a, a, a teaching that I did at um, Greater Lewis Baptist Church, and they gave me the they gave me what they wanted me to speak on. It was their Bible study, and it was about this lady had lost her husband, and she showed up in the middle of the night, two o'clock in the morning, um, outside, called her friend while she's in her driveway, saying, 
I, I just need to come in. Can I sleep on your couch? And this lady had to be to work very early in, in the morning. But not only did she get up, and I think I shared that on the on on the show, but not only did she get up, she stayed up with her to talk, just to get her through that moment. Did it lovingly. She didn't do it, and then the next morning complain about it on the phone, what I had to do and why. Because, see, then you kill the spirit. You kill the joy. You kill the greatness in that. You guys, I'm not just talking because this is what we're talking about. I had to, and I'm having to learn, having to learn how to be what I want and what I know I need. But it took some growing up to get there. And I mean growing with God. You cannot do this without knowing God's grace, God's, God's mercy, God's love, his redemption, his restoration for you, just as you are, just as you are, just as you are. I was watching a movie, and I'm really going to give it to you right now after this so we can try to bring it to a close. I was watching a movie, um, and I need to remember the name, but this girl tells her husband, who is just a jerk, and she's the most bubbly, she's pregnant, um, just bubbly, spirited human being, and he had just been a jerk this entire movie, and she's having her baby shower, so the, it's full of women, and he is just being a jerk. He is, she, they could hear him all over the house because he's just being a jerk. So she gets her little sweet self up, and she goes down, you know, with this soft voice, like basically, what is wrong with you? And she says, God loves you just as you are, but he, he loves you too much to let you stay like this. And I thought that was the most funniest thing in the world. He loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay like you are. And so maybe some of the things that we go through in the relationships that we experience, that we're experiencing, that God's trying to build us out of our own selfishness, allowing us to connect, because only through that connection can we be powerful, because we're not powerful now individually. We're not. We could be so much more greater if we learned how to do life together and share life in a loving way, in a loving way. So it's Tuesday. As you go about your way, look for that relationship. And if you don't see it, if you can't find it, make it happen. Create it. Make it happen. Over to you, Rodney. Tammy, we have a uh, caller, so I'm going to bring in the caller. Uh, area code nine one eight. Last four digits are six nine zero one. Caller, you are on the air. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? All right. I I happen to be scrolling through and seeing your uh, subject, and it's ironic that the young lady that just spoke about the passing of a spouse is something that I'm presently dealing with my wife. May God be pleased with my beautiful queen. She transitioned uh, back in November 
uh, from breast cancer. Uh, after only being married for two years, it was my first marriage. And boy, she she she's dead on point about the selfishness that we uh, have. You know, I I I did everything I could to to uh, take care of my wife the best that I could. You know, one of the things that I realized in and when, when my wife got sick, everything had to be about her in order to make sure that she was okay. Uh, we had got her uh, to Tijuana, Mexico, for our last attempt to try to save her life. And, you know, it, it, she she passed away about a week and a half after she got there. And, uh, man, I'm going to tell you something. It has definitely been the most humbling experience in my entire life. Uh, to to lose somebody that you love dearly. My wife was a beautiful not just physically beautiful, but more, even more so spiritually. She was such a wonderful human being, and it is a, it's a, it's a weighty task. You know, I, I was ironic that the young lady, what is your name, ma'am? Because I heard you, you, you hit on like everything that I've been dealing with. And and one of the things that I think about, you know, when my wife was there in Tijuana, I would call. I mean, I couldn't go because we had to keep. We didn't have any children together, but she had a 15 year old son. And she had two grown daughters, but he was here with us, and we couldn't take him out of school, so I had to stay back in Tulsa, and I paid for one of the sisters in our congregation to go to see after her while she was there. And so every morning before she would go to her treatment, I would call and we would talk, and and, uh, and I would add, we, I would we would pray, and I would tell her to put her hand on her liver, and I'll put my hand on my liver, and I would ask God to heal her liver and heal her and relieve her of all her pain. Now here's the thing about that. A lot of times we are, we will pray a prayer, and God will answer our prayer, not necessarily the way and when, and how that we want Him to answer, but He answers it. So what did He do? He did relieve my wife of all her pain, and she transitioned as a result. And it took me a while after she passed to realize that my prayer was answered. That's not the way I, I was looking for her life or her health to be restored. As a result, but that's not the way God answered the prayer. And so, you know, that's one of the things that I've realized. And, and, and I treat me and my wife, we had a beautiful relationship. You know, it's just that it, just, it was just her turn to go. You know, and I didn't know that when I took her to the airport that that was the last time I was going to see her alive at the mm-hmm. airport. So, you know, I always tell people now, you know, always tell your people when you, whether you're on the phone with them or you're in their press, tell them that you love them. Because you never know if it's going to be the last time you talk to them or see them. And so I miss my wife. You know, we stuffed 30 years into two years, you know. But between the courtship and the marriage, a little over three years. Legally married for a little over two years, but in courtship and marriage, a little over three years. And it was a wonderful thing. And, you know, I'm present. I just turned my book over to an editor. Uh, I wrote a book called I Said I Do, So I Am, My Journey with My Sweet, Sweet Mary, because even though we fought cancer, together. It was a love story. You know? It was a love story. And so I'm very grateful even though I'm hurt, my heart is broke, but I'm grateful for the time that I had with her because now I know what real love is and what it feels like and what it looked like. And my wife was poetry in motion for me. You know? I don't mean to be rambling on. I'm sorry, but what you you said struck with me. Paula, this is Tammy. Um, you've you've really blessed me with that because you one thing you said that you were scrolling through and you saw this, 
And I tell you, I changed the topic, totally changed the topic tonight around 6.30 or so, 6, 6.30, just because I was led to do so. And so we never, got, we just never know what God is doing, you guys. And and it's one thing, we cannot get so caught up and be so busy that we cannot hear his voice. I love the fact that he said, God answered your prayer. Just just sometimes not, it doesn't come. Rodney, that reminded me of the hamburger story. You know, like I say, we might pray for a, a, a hamburger, but because it comes with, God may send it, he has cheese on it. You don't want it. And we just have to be willing to let go and let God do what mm-hmm. needs to be done. I heard you say so even about your book, we haven't even spoke. You, you're speaking to someone who published his book. Rodney has published several books. The, the, Rodney, you, the, other, the other host, he's published several books himself and has started mm-hmm. his own publishing company. He can help you with that. And that's, that's mm-hmm. what Butterfly Evolution is about, is building from where you are, whether it's good or bad, no, no, no matter the pain. It, don't want to say no matter, but regardless, in spite of the pain, what can we do for each other? Because we're all going to go through it. We are all going to go, mm-hmm. go through something, whether it's the loss of a loved one, sometimes even the loss of yourself. You feel like you just don't have it together today. And as much as I mm-hmm. chase, I thought this today, as much as I chase transformation, as much as I chase self-awareness, there are just some days I need people to pour into me. I just mm-hmm. need it. But what's special is now I know that I need it and I don't avoid it. Whereas before, mm-hmm. I would just pretend that I'm okay. I don't need it. I don't need you, whatever. And that did nothing for my soul. That doesn't equip me to be what God needs me to be. I can't win right. those like so thank you, caller, and and we we will be praying for you. And you took the words out of my mouth when you said about your book because I was going to tell you there's so many people that are hurting due to losing a spouse. And so mm-hmm. do something with that. Help people. And it sounds like you are through your book. You said some very beautiful things about your wife. And and I'm yes, sure. And see, that's powerful. Powerful. You will make. You maybe be able to help some men get their stuff together and say, "Man, your wife can be gone. Your last words. You may. You may regret those last words forever. So do something." Well, you know, my my story. I want to say this, and I'll get off. My story went viral. Actually, what got the attention of everybody is I I made a. um, I had a. I had a life size go because we raised twenty three thousand dollars to get her to Tijuana. And I made a life-size GoFundMe sign, like you know, a walking sign, front and back, and 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 uh, it got it went all over the world. It went viral on Facebook. My Facebook page is Ivan X Easily. You can check it out. I still have her face there, but my I had that walking sign, and and it just you know people were amazed at the fact that I would that I would go to the extent of trying to put you know to put a sign on my back and walk the streets to go to concerts, functions, parks trying to help raise money because I didn't have the money myself, all of it, to get her to Tijuana, but we raised 
$23,000, and we got her done. And actually, what I did was I called the doctor in Tijuana, and I told him, I said, sir, I don't have $40,000. I said, what I do have right now is $22,000. I said, if you let my wife come, I said, I'll get the rest of the money. He said, how do you plan to do that? I said, I don't know, but if you let her come, I will. And so he said, well, give me a couple of days, Mr. Easley, and let me talk to my staff. I talked to the head doctor because they was talking about, let me let you talk to the assistant. I said, the assistant can't do anything. He can only do what the head doctor says he can do. So I want to talk to the head man, not the assistant. And so they allowed me to do that. And it was like I had the nerve to even ask to talk to him. So he called me a couple of days later. And, and I thought he just said, yeah, let me call you back in a couple of days just to get me off the phone. But he actually called me back a couple of days later, and he said, well, Mr. Easley, after talking to my staff, we go ahead and let your wife come. Have her here by next Wednesday. And we got her done, you know, and I know that, you know, October 23rd, you know, I kissed her on her forehead, and, and, and she went off, and she couldn't even stand up anymore, so she hugged my waist real tight. And she said, I love you, and I said, I love you more. And so I kissed her on her forehead, and the next time I kissed her on her forehead, she was in her coffin. And so I tell people that I have a poem I wrote called Two Kisses, and that's what it's talking about. But And then there was a young lady, and I get off, and there was a young lady that at the airport, when I when I escorted my wife to the security, I ran back downstairs. I said, ma'am, that was my wife in that wheelchair. I said, she's going to be gone for almost a month to Tijuana, Mexico. I said, is there any way possible you can allow me to go back there and sit with her? until her plane leaves, because I'm not going to see her for almost a month. And that woman says, sir, we don't normally do that, but something tells me that I need to let you go back there. That woman gave me a boarding pass that she wasn't supposed to give me, and I sat with my wife. So my wife, when my wife passed, I went just a couple of months ago. I went back to the airport to thank her because I told her, I said, because of you, I got to spend 45 more minutes with my wife than I would have because of you. You gave me a gift and didn't even notice what you were doing. And so all that's in the book, though, but, yeah, it's a beautiful love story. Even though we fought cancer, it's a love story. Yes. Well, that, that, is, that is definitely moving, and, and, and we really appreciate you, um, you calling in, and, and we hope this isn't the last time because, uh, we, we definitely like to uh, connect with you and support you um, in the things that you're doing. Uh, but thank you again, caller. Um, uh, can can you I tell, can you do this thing? Can you, you publish books? Can you uh, my if you can connect? I don't know if you have a Facebook page. My Facebook is Ivan X Easley. Maybe you can send me a message. I am, and we can connect. Cause okay. I'm always you know I got I got an editor. I got an editor, but you know I'm always looking because I'm gonna I, I plan I, I write poetry anyway, so. You know, you know, my wife's passing has spring me back into what I was originally doing anyway, which is motivational speaking and poetry. And so, you know, I got an assignment. One of the assignments is is to teach men, and particularly black men, how to love our women. Mm-hmm. Not that I know everything, but I know enough to tell them enough to try to get to off a good start. Okay, absolutely. Yep, I I will definitely find you on uh, on Facebook, and, and I will send you a message, and we'll we'll go from there. And what's your name, sir? Rodney Jordan. Rodney Jordan, yes, sir. Please, and I, I look forward to talking to you then. Absolutely, and you have Thank a you have I a really great appreciate night. We'll you. Talk to you too. I appreciate you allowing me to speak. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Blessings. 
Thank you. Yes, ma'am. All right. Uh, Tammy, I think this was a, I think this was a much needed um, uh, topic. I think this is a much needed conversation. Um, and, and again, thank you to our caller um, uh, who we just spoke with. Um, you just never know. You just never know. And, and here's what here's what I'm going to leave you guys with. Um, in addition to everything that that has been that has already been said um, on tonight's broadcast. So many times we get caught up in the cares of this world and we feel the need to be affiliated or associated with whatever's popular, whatever looks good, whatever sounds good. But what matters the most is what's in your heart. And so your top priority should be your heart because it doesn't matter what you obtain while you're here on this earth. When you leave here, don't let there be any animosity or jealousy or strife or anything found in your heart that isn't right. That's where your focus should be because if your heart is right, then you can do what you need for yourself and you can do what you need for those who the Lord allows to cross your path. We are only here on this earth a short time. It's just like on your job. Most people retire somewhere 20 to 30 years on a job if there's a retirement plan. It's a very short time. What are you doing with the time that you have? Because when you leave, you don't want to leave anything undone that you were supposed to do. Tell me anything coming up uh, that you want to uh, make us aware of? Um, no, just I ask for a continued, like I said, keep Tasha um, in your prayers. Um, she needs them um, and Bo's boys. Uh, one thing I'm so grateful for is that, and I told Tasha this, I said, Bo's boys will be able to hear his voice on the Butterfly Evolution radio show because you guys know Bo talked, 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 and shared some wisdom with us. And so it just warmed my heart to think that one day when they're 16, 17, you know, and they want to hear their dad's voice, they can log on to the Butterfly Evolution Radio Show. Um, so keep them in your prayers. Uh, Bo was a very hands-on father. He re- he truly was hands-on with those boys. Um, so keep them in your prayers. Um, also, we are a couple of months back. I mentioned about the city of Memphis. Um, we still have 
the possibility of getting that contract with them. So you guys keep us prayed up on that. What they decided to do is allow this run, this session that had already began, they were going to allow us to kind of jump in the middle of it. But what they have decided to do is to allow us to start fresh with a new group that is just going through their transitioning period, meaning they're transitioning out of the system back into the world. And so we will begin to work with them at the, within that 90-day process. So this will be very huge if we're able to get – when we get this, this will be huge for us, for Gator Consulting overall. So asking for your prayers for that. Um, as far as any e- events and things like that, um, I'm in the midst of the Women of Empowerment um, Business Summit, which is going to be June 15th. I'll have more details on that. Um, we will have vendors, so if anyone is looking to be a vendor, and we're going to do like a TED Talk session as well. We will have several speakers that are coming in, but we're going to do a little, we're not going to call it TED Talk, but we're going to give people, I think there's so many people who have a voice, but we get so caught up in those ones who have, and not that anything's wrong with this, but there's someone around you that has so much to give and so much to say. And so I want to pick just a few people that have that in them and have been burning to get it out. So we're going to have those little, and they're going to get their five minutes of fame, so to speak, during this time. So that's June 15th. And then I have one more event that I'm working on, but I'm going to just keep that one for right now. But I'll have more details on it um, because it's going to be tailored to a special group. Um, So more on that, Rodney. But other than that, just trying to take one day at a time and and make things happen. So grateful for tonight, and we're glad to be back on. All right. Well, I know that we have mentioned this um, uh, off the air, Tammy, um, uh, a couple weeks back, but um, we had talked about uh, dedicating the show to Bo, and and I think that – that would be uh, very fitting. Um, so, uh, desire with you, uh, to Tasha and to um, the the children and to um, the family. Um, this show is dedicated to our our good friend and and family member, uh, Bo Jackson. Um, may you rest in peace, brother. Good night, everybody.
But I know 